Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. story before we get into some healthcare talk had an appointment yesterday with my uh, son's doctor who is a uh, one of the best in the world at what he does i mean he's at a very very high level which factors into this story okay so my son needs this particular treatment and uh for whatever reason uh the do- the doctor told me that it's not covered by insurance likely he will write a letter now he's he's the best in the world at this right but he will write a letter he said he usually gets turned down by insurance companies even though he's the best doctor in the world, who's recommending this? And it's probably going to cost me between thirty and $60,000 cash for this treatment for my son, which it's either he has a crappy life forever or I get this treatment. So it's not an option whether to do it or not. Right. Serious brain thing. But right, a yeah. dollars to $60,000 cash, even though the best doctor in the world says it, it, uh, it is necessary. Wow. And, you know, that's just where we are with insurance and stuff. That would just be ruinous to a lot of American families, most or, Americans. Or you'd families. take out a home equity loan, I guess, or do right. a GoFundMe and have a, you know, like people do, you know, you have a barbecue picnic and right. hope people show, you know, yeah. whatever. But Yeah, wow. It's incredible. What's covered and what's not. Best in the world says, oh, yes, this is absolutely valid. This this treatment is what is needed. But the insurance company says, ah, we'd like to, ah, we're going to look at it for a couple more years. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig Gottwalls is an attorney at law, a benefit consultant. He is uh, Craig the healthcare guru in a private text to me. He s- suggested, how about Craig the healthcare gangsta? I thought that was not a great idea. <laughs> um, but he sure knows what he's talking about. And, and uh, Craig, first of all, welcome. Always good to talk, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh, sorry to hear that story, Jack. That's not a good one. No, it's just interesting. But, you know, it occurred to me as I was thinking about chatting with you today that uh, health care is the number one issue in politics these days, other than I love Trump, I hate Trump. Um, and, and I heard a commentator say that mostly it's shouting slogans at each other and putting bumper stickers on our car, either uh, health care is a right or no socialism. Then the minute you get into details of any plan, your plan gets less and less popular. Um, and, and, and yet it's something every single human being listening or participating in the show or whatever deals with on probably a monthly basis, if not more. And so we're completely at sea at this, uh, about this issue that we all deal with all the time. It's kind of ironic, but anyway. Yeah. And the old, and the older you get, the more you deal with it and the more powerful of a voting block you are too. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, you send us uh, some notes on what you wanted to talk about today, and it's a great uh, topic. Health insurers are collecting astonishing levels of detail on your life, and it's costing you. What What's going on? So you guys had uh, you guys had a segment on your show recently that I, I heard a, a, a snip of, and it was about employer wellness programs and how people are voluntarily giving up a lot of their personal information by wearing these wearable devices that tell you how often they walk, how often they exercise, how well they sleep, et cetera. And they're, they're often doing that with their employer for something like two to $300 off of their insurance costs, see, maybe, maybe a hundred a month. Something so you like wear that. a Fitbit all the time and the, your, your boss, your company has access to all the info. Yes. Gotcha. And, and badgers you. And the re- 
the reporting on that story was what was well done and it was accurate. But what, what it what reminded me was that you guys are not aware of what's going on. So that's the stuff that people are consenting to. Right. But you guys, we have never talked on your show about what's going on behind the scenes, how much information these uh, entities are gaining on your life without your knowledge. So a little history, just really quick on this. Insurance, the theory of insurance is that you're guarding against known or excuse me, unknown risks, right? If you if you already have cancer, you can't go buy insurance, or at least that was the way things worked before Obamacare, right? Mm-hmm. So once Obamacare came along, Obamacare said, okay, now you can no longer underwrite an individual based upon his or her health status. In other words, you can't ask them whether or not they have cancer. You just have to give them insurance. Well, as Jack has pointed out hundreds of times on your show, that's untenable. You can't do that. You can't just say, hey, we'll provide insurance for anybody who shows up. Wait till you break your arm, then show up. So what health insurance companies have been doing uh, for the last decade and really for the last 20 years, but, but Obamacare launched it was, oh, shoot, I mean, here's a $4 trillion industry and we have to be able to keep it going. And if we cannot underwrite based upon your health status, we must be able to underwrite. In other words, adjudicate the risk based upon other things. So what Obamacare did not make illegal was looking at things like your age, your zip code, how often you watch TV, what magazines you get, whether or not you own a gun, what ethnicity you are, etc. How do they know so, those things? Well, the spawn of Obamacare really coincides quite nicely with the launch of gigantic corporate data collection like Facebook and Twitter, all social media, all every every imaginable record you can think of, your divorce records, your marriage records, when you buy a home, when you refinance, your credit card scores, your Google searches. There are multi-billion dollar corporations gathering that and creating a dossier on each and every single one of us. And the insurance companies are buying that info? They are. They're renting it. They're, what an insurance company does, and this is really inside baseball stuff, but what they do is they'll take a census. They'll take a, a, a demographic profile of, say, your company with your 1,000 employees, and they will send that over to one of these data brokers like IBM Watson or Milliman or LexisNexis or Optum, and they'll run that census. Stop making up names. Yeah, you just, you just, you're just making names <laughs> up. But. I, I can say those names because they're published. Um, Squid build. And they'll, build, send it and, and they'll say, they'll say <laughs> tell, me, tell me how many HIVs you've got in this group. Tell me how far along they are. Wow. Tell me what drugs they take. Yeah. Wow. And so that and then all of your insurance costs are then being adjudicated back up and built into your premiums based upon this data that may or may not even be accurate, and we have no way of even knowing what's in there. So one thing that's interesting to me about this is I've always wondered, all this data that's being harvested from me, either legally or illegally, by all these companies, I've always wondered, what's somebody going to do with it? And so now I know one thing that's being done with it. Let me toss a bunch of examples out, then we'll take a quick break, and and I want to ask you the key question. Um, uh, but uh, I love these examples. Are you a woman who recently changed your name? You could be newly married and have a pricey pregnancy pending, or maybe you're stressed and anxious from a recent divorce. So the computer models say expense, expense. Are you a woman who's purchased plus-size clothing? You're considered at risk for depression. Oh, Mental health care wow. can be expensive. Wow. Uh, among other things. Wow. So Well, that I, is interesting. Are they Are they doing it? Uh, well, I understand you want to get as much data as you can to understand how much you ought to be charging. 
Um, I mean, if you're if if you're ensuring a business that only hires four hundred pounders, it'd probably be handy to know that as an insurance company. Well, how about people that watch <clears throat> an extraordinary amount of television, i.e., don't exercise? Right, right. That's built in there. That's yeah. built in there. By the way, your your smart TVs are reporting that back. That's in your agreement. Is there anything is built into these? Oh, Lord. I keep it on for my cat when I'm not at home. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. right. That's... See that that's unfortunate, Sean. Because you're paying. <laughs> <laughs> For that. So is anything nefarious being done to individuals, or is it just a price estimation tool? The companies that are engaged in this activity become very uh, shady and quiet, and, and, and they obfuscate the facts when you start asking about individuals. But I have information that it is being used at the individual level. I know specifically, and I'm involved with a group of attorneys and other experts looking into the legality of this, because... I'll just tell you this, what insurance companies do now, we used to be able to generate a quote for a, for a client with just a census that just said, you know, employee one is a male of this age. We never gave any individual identifiers. Now insurance companies are requiring names when we, when we, so if so I'm, I'm submitting a quote for a 300 person company, they want all 300 names with zip codes because they want to run it through this database. So I know darn well they're using it at the individual level. Wow. Well, and if they can, they will. So, I mean. That's right. That's um, exactly right. And it's interesting you mentioned there at some point um, the information might not even be accurate. So, I mean, it's 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 troubling on a bunch of levels, but the info they have on me might not be accurate. They might have gotten the wrong, wrong stuff at some point. That's exactly right. And remember, I think you guys have talked about on your show as well, 60 Minutes did that piece on privacy in Europe. This is illegal in Europe because you own your own data. What needs to happen, look, you guys know I am not an advocate for more federal law, but what we need is we do need a law saying we own our own oh, data. Oh, absolutely. Because, absolutely. Yeah, otherwise, you have. So, so one author that approached this wrote. And who's the biggest? Lobby. I keep interrupting you, but who's the biggest lobbyist in the entire country? Right. Freaking Google. There's a reason why we don't have that law in Europe, does. Well, Google and healthcare is up there in the top five too. So you've got a really unholy alliance wow. of power going wow. on right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Healthcare is arguably the number one industry in the country. It's it's a fifth of our economy. So you you've got seriously powerful players here working to 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 do this behind the scenes, and and people just don't know this is going on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, great, great stuff. Interesting. An un uh, you know unknown. And then an important part of people's health care. And we'll uh, we'll have you join us again before too long, Craig, to that, talk about, the you know, whatever's next. That's the most interesting thing you've ever told us. I mean, that, that's I sounded crazy. like Mika Brzezinski there. That's trying to see if there was more. Well, to that, it. We'll, that, we'll I'll, I'll be thinking about this. Well, for, probably for the rest of my life. But that is really, really interesting. Not yeah, surprising one, and interesting. One author that looked at this did a request from LexisNexis because you are allowed to request a limited set of the data they have. His report came back going back more than 10 years, 182 pages of information on him. Just one one company, one person, 182 pages. Other companies have boasted that they're collecting 1,500 facts about each individual going all the way back to the early 90s. Wow, privacy doesn't exist. Well, and yeah, now no. now this next generation who've had all their info out there since you know birth, really. Jeez, what a dossier they'll have on on all those people when they're grown up. Exactly. Wow. And which they're, and they're, 
They started in the they started in the ninety before social media. They started doing this on all of the public records, right? Your arrest records, your marriage records, your property records, your credit records, anything they could get. Then once social media kicked in, this has gone into hyperdrive steroid bill because that coincided with Obamacare that said now you can't even ask what you're bidding on when you quote for medical insurance anyway. So the health industry said, whoa, whoa, red flag. We've got to have a way. We've got to have a way to understand what the health risk is out there. So now instead of reporting your actual health risk that would be accurate, you're getting you're getting your premiums based upon these these markers for health that may or may not correlate very well with your health, like how much TV you watch and whether you own a gun and whether you like to ski. Yeah, maybe I spend all day watching those uh, working out on the beach shows that used to be so popular. <laughs> what you used to call that? Softcore Hawaii bikini aerobics or something? Spreading aerobics on the beach. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, duh, well, whether you like to ski, so that, that'd be a tick up in what you're going to cost because you might break your leg or whatever. So this is a great example of unintended consequences. <laughs> I mean, the Obamacare was hoping to do away with any of that, and now we've got, you know, an, just like you said, on steroids version of what we used right, to have. Right, right. And listen, to strike a liberty-loving note, uh, it's obvious as privacy dies that if we were to give up our liberties or give more power to government, their ability to do evil with it would be so Big. I mean, be so good because they they know everything about everyone, every phase of their life. I mean, as Jack pointed out, the current generation. Yeah, I see. When you're nine years old, you uh, you hurt your leg in in uh, youth soccer. I mean, come on. So yeah, that uh, yeah, I think you know. Let's renew our dedication to the idea of not giving the government too much power. They have wow. too many weapons. That they they could make a movie about this. Yeah, and it, that's yeah. really interesting stuff. Uh, Craig Gottwals, Craig, the healthcare guru, does uh, benefits and, and healthcare and law and that sort of thing for his clients, and he's really, really good at it. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Craig? Um, uh, Benefit-revolution.com is my blog. My blog. But, a yeah, blogger. One other, thing, <laughs> one other thing there, Joe, if your large company wants to avoid giving this information, Contact the healthcare guru. I know a way around this. Oh, okay. oh look awesome. at that. All right, Craig Gottwald, <laughs> thanks a million, Craig. Great to talk, thanks, uh, as always. God, yep. how fascinating and troubling is that? I always wondered where all that data was going. But hundreds of pages of All it. these companies who are, you know, they're selling your data. I always thought, who are they selling to? Who wants it? What's they're doing with it? Well, this yeah. is... This would be the only one that they that needs to exist. There's so much right. money at stake. Right. We have to decide who owns your data. Well, clearly, I do own my own data. Well, not clearly, according to the lobbyists. Wow. And they got money. Our text line's 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Two dentists in Virginia were caught giving free dental work to people who agreed to uh, be their drug mules. Police got suspicious when they saw several meth heads who still had teeth. Uh... Hey, now, it's dark. Well, if you're just tuning in, a mind-blowing segment we just did with Craig, the uh, the healthcare uh, gangster. Um... <laughs> Oh, wow. I had no idea. So insurance companies are getting access to all your information and making predictions about your health or at least uh, the group of you at work's health based on your all kinds of stuff. 
Right. How much TV you watch, how much you drink, what do you eat, and everything else that you put out there on your computer somehow and then gets stolen by various people. And they're still cherry-picking who they insure and how, but how they do it is incredibly clever and insidious. We didn't even get to that, but we will in a second. Um, we got a number of texts who said, at what point does DNA information get in there? Yeah, clearly sure. everybody will be in there. Sure. Or or a relative of mine is, like my brother has done the 23andMe. They'll use that information on him. It's close enough to me to make assumptions. You combine that with the fact that I ride a motorcycle right? and you know go to Starbucks however many times a week, all information they can probably get. And they'll make uh, predictions about my health costs. Right. And some of the things they do to cherry pick without cherry picking are amazing. They may change the things a plan covers or how much a patient has to pay for that type of care after you've enrolled. But they know you have this situation or that or whatever. They've done all that research. So they'll enroll you, but then change you know, the way the plan deals with that. They might exclude or limit certain types of high-cost providers from their networks like those who have skill caring for patients with HIV or hepatitis C. So they have all that info. They realize, oh, we got a couple of hep C uh, people. They've got to go to Jones Clinics. Uh, let's just shove Jones Clinics right out of the network. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I get that. So you're not allowed to cherry pick, but they found ways to do it. Unintended consequences. Right. Exactly. Yeah, failure to include enough information about which drugs a plan covers, which pushes sick people who need specific meds elsewhere. Right. I All get sorts it. of subtle, insidious ways. Wow, that's interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, UC Berkeley, the site of a vicious attack on a conservative group recruiter. We're going to get into that. We've got an update on the alleged Coast Guard domestic terrorist and good news about dollar store apples. Coming up. Yeah, this uh, Berkeley story is really troubling. Do we have the video at armstrongandgetty.com? Yeah, Yeah, we do. Check it out there uh, before we get to the story and start discussing. It's really maddening. Oh, boy. You're You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to be mad on a Friday. Who wants to be mad on a Friday? And it's Oscar weekend. Yeah. Don't we all love Oscar weekend? No. Who are you wearing, Jack? Who are you wearing? Yeah. You, know, you skin somebody? <laughs> we, we know somebody. I don't know if they still do it, but somebody I really like that uh, they used to actually have a big Oscar party at their house where everybody gets super dressed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do that. Seems like the Oscars is not quite what it used to be. Yeah. Even I, back then, it seems a little over the top to me. But If I showed up in a tuxedo t-shirt, how would that have landed? <laughs> oh. But uh, anyway, it's part of the whole we like royalty thing. Human beings want royalty. Mm. God, the only thing as sick as making politicians royalty is making freaking celebrities royalty. Right. Oh, my right. God. Well, so it's the weekend. You, in the mood for a little sin, we have the most sinful states in America, Jack. And for once, I think their methodology is pretty good. Really? It's got to yeah. be Vegas, right? I mean, Nevada, but... Uh, perhaps you gave it away. <laughs> what? No, everybody knows that. But what's <laughs> who's in second place? Hmm. What if you, like, hated sin and you left Nevada and you ended up in the second place That's state? sneaky, sneaky North Dakota. Oh, boy. Huh? That's right. You can't trust them. Right. Well, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. A conservative activist brutally attacked at the University of California at Berkeley, an attack that was caught on cell phone video. Two men on Tuesday. I'd like to make it uh, clear again, you got a very big guy yes. 
walking up and punching a small guy, which is always really cool. And he's backed up by other militant yeah. friends. So you're yeah. surrounded by a bunch of guys that are on your side, and you're much bigger this in this dude, and you're so tough, you walk up and punch him in the face. God, you need to be in prison for the rest of your life. I'd have no problem with that, because I don't want anybody who thinks the way you think out and about right. as a danger to my family. Oh, yeah, you mix the cowardice and the brutality with the self-righteousness of the situation, mm-hmm. which it was just dripping with. Because they felt justified in beating down a little guy because he was daring to recruit for a conservative student organization. Do we have the name of this scumbag, nice job, Is this not. scumbag's name out yet? No, they're still looking for him. As of, oh, as they as haven't a, found him yet. The inhumane so coward bully. Yeah. Let's get his name out there. God, there's, if, if indeed. they got to find him very quickly. The video's everywhere. Yep. So, of course, a lot of people will keep his name quiet because they're on his side in Berkeley, California. Sure. What happened? Two men on Tuesday approached a table where conservative activist Hayden Williams was recruiting members to the group Turning Point USA, and an argument began. Williams telling Sean Hannity... We were talking to a potential new member when this happened, and these two people just approached our table, as I said, very erratically, and started cussing at us, and that's when I knew that this was probably a troublesome situation, so I pulled out my phone to start recording, and uh, his friend one of the gentlemen that approached our table smacked my phone out of my hand one of the two men then knocked over the table according to police they punched williams several times causing a lot of injuries to his face they were accusing him of promoting aggression because the group had a sign reading hate crime hoaxes hurt real victims and this is MAGA country, a reference to the Jesse Smollett case. So these these fascists, these racist brutes who deserved a beating at the hands of a much bigger man mm-hmm. were saying virtually word for word what the superintendent of police in Chicago said. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Berkeley. That's what you have bred. That is your child. Congratulations. How does Berkeley, of all places, you know, they, they, they used to be the land of free speech. How do they not loudly and proudly stand up and say we will not tolerate this on any level every opinion is welcome here right. how do they not because they don't believe that they don't believe no. every opinion is welcome that's no. the only thing i can take for it and i believe it i believe the people in charge of the city of berkeley and the university don't believe every opinion should be heard they actually don't believe in free speech no absolutely which is not wild well there are there are two sorts of people who advocate for free speech Number one, it's uh, it's people who actually cherish liberty and believe in the marketplace of ideas. The second one is people who just want more power, and they have a free speech for me, not for thee philosophy. Right. If they are being denied their say, they will advocate for free speech. Then the moment they get the power, they will take that power away from other people. Meanwhile, we got a high school student in California speaking out after being told she can't wear her Make America Great hat again on campus. Maddie Mueller is a senior at Fresno's Clovis North High School, and it's part of the Valley Patriots that asked its members to wear their mega hats this week. Mueller says she was taken aback when she was told she couldn't do so on campus. To my knowledge, Trump is not a logo. It's a last name. It's just our president. You can't really claim that our president is a logo, a sports team. It's not affiliating with any gang. I'm not really caring if I'm offending anybody. I'm just showing support for the president and what I believe. Kelly Evans with the Clovis uh, Unified School District explains where the district is coming from. Bottom line for us, our dress code is really about allowing our kids to come to school to feel safe at school, to feel supported at school, and to be free of distractions so they can focus on learning. 
That's always the tough one in a schoolroom. Yeah. I'm just trying to get them all to learn math. Right. I don't want to have to talk about anything else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is a tough one. I sympathize with administrators who spend a hell of a lot of time and energy just trying to keep order. I hate the idea of the heckler's veto. It's always the same it, direction. As if the I wear a... Well, exactly. Yeah. If I wear a t-shirt that says... Uh, that has the, the wording of the First Amendment, for instance, and a bunch of goons disrupt class and want to beat me down, and there's a rally against me, is that reason that I should not be able to wear that? That's the heckler's veto. If gotcha. somebody somebody, you know, makes us think about something that's perfectly fine... Well, the, the imaginationless and or cowardly and or just beleaguered administrators are going to say, just don't wear that anymore. We don't need the headache. But that's a that's a really risky road to go down. Final note, we have a new study out that finds produce from dollar stores match the quality of traditional stores. University of Nevada, Las Vegas researchers compared the you color. You can buy produce at a dollar store? Yeah. They match, I didn't know that. They match the uh, Bananas color. don't cost more than a dollar at a grocery store. <laughs> they don't cost much. It compared the color, the cleanliness, freshness, and firmness of fruits and vegetables from $14 discount stores and 40 traditional food outlets, and they found there was eh, slightly less variety of produce at the dollar stores, but there was no significant difference in quality. I'll pay a dollar just to hear you say vegetables. Vegetables? (laughs) (laughs) Almost 84% of produce was cheaper at the dollar stores, and again, same quality there you go i know that's good news for michelangelo who's a uh, devotee <laughs> yeah you're a premium dollar. club member i believe yes. that's right that's right that's your <laughs> news by the way dollar store apples is the name of my new eight-year-old girl lower middle class dance troupe they put on shows at old folks homes they're just oh they're rosy cheeked and it's wonderful <laughs> oh boy i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and getty show the conscience of the nation they wear saddle shoes and dance to the old songs <laughs> oh yeah they have shirley temple wigs for some of the numbers the oldsters love it. <laughs> oh, boy, that's oh. funny. But they're not allowed to perform in the most sinful states in America. Oh, my God. What are those? <laughs> are you going to tell us? <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Yeah, boy. I'm thinking more and more about this uh, conversation we had about health insurance companies getting all that data about us and trying to make projections about how expensive we are. How this is going to end up for society. Or end up elbowing us out of our coverage, but you never know how or why it happened. Right. Yeah. On Uh, the other hand, you give the same power to government officials, and it'll just be perfect. Right. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Like a stone, and I feel I want to ask, but I don't want to hear the answer. So. <laughs> I was going to ask Sean for the Oscars. Who should win? Who will win? But I don't know if I really want the answer. Yeah. 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 I will ask at some point, because I'd like to know what movie I should see. 
Did I even get you with the hook where the, the two movies that I think should win aren't even nominated? That, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. That was good. Can yeah. you name them quickly? Uh, First Man and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. First Man? Yeah, the the Damien Chazelle, uh, Ryan Gosling going up to the moon movie. Oh, yeah. okay. The fact and that that wasn't even nominated is absurd. And that other movie I actually saw yeah, yeah. in the theater. I love that movie. The Spider-Verse movie, which was really good and made me wonder why we have any real actors. Huh. Yeah, if you if you have kids, go see the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, super. Uh, the most sinful states in America. Now, some shows would just bring you the list, but this show will quibble endlessly with the methodology and then give you the list. <laughs> That's what we do. So here's... <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? Usually it ends up being stupid, but I thought this one was pretty good. Um, the Among the sins, anger and hate. They went with violent crimes, um, mostly violent crimes. Uh, jealousy is thefts. Okay. Uh, excesses and vices, most excessive drinking, among other things. Avarice, highest share of population with gambling disorders or lowest. Uh, lust, highest average time spent on porn. Wow. Porn how sites. Do, how do they know that? Is that known? Uh, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Vanity. Uh, laziness, highest percentage of adults who don't exercise, or lowest. So they kind of went seven deadly sins with a couple of variations. Uh, your top ten sinful states. Ten, dirty, dirty Arizona. Oy. Uh, Michigan, then Illinois, Georgia, and Louisiana. Then now, you get into your top five. Do these states have anything in common that you can come up with, come across? Well, here? not exactly, because you know, one will, for instance, uh, you got it. It's, it's, it's put it, put it so it fits, and I don't have to pan back and forth or scroll or whatever you call it. I mean, for instance, okay, your top five: Tennessee is your number one anger and hatred state. Probably all like country music it makes people crazy, uh, but it ranks only number uh, twenty-two in vanity. So, you know, it varies. Mm. Number four, Texas. Very low on anger and hatred, but uh, ranks very high in lust. They do love their porn in Texas. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm telling you. Number three, California. Corruptifornia. Ranks very high in a number of things. Lust and vanity. There's a shock. Please. No way. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, but very low in laziness. Florida. I'm trying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Florida, number two. And uh, that's not a surprise to anybody. Not really. Only the presence of Nevada. Sinful, sinful Nevada. The obvious choice. Which, unlike. Come for the casinos, stay for the houses of hoes. Which, unlike most of these other states, which my, my quibble would be a, a state like California or Texas, I mean, you got a bunch of different big cities with completely different people. You got different parts of the state where they don't even they don't even recognize the people in their own state. It's so different from right. Northern California to Southern or rural Texas to to to, to Austin or whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. But yeah. you get to Nevada, there's only really one city, one and a half cities in the whole state. So almost the entire well, and, and data is out of Vegas for Nevada. Yeah, Reno's a wonderful town, but sure. it's got a lot of Vegas in it. America's biggest little city. Right, exactly. Whatever that means. On the other hand, if you're hanging out in your suburban neighborhood in Sparks, playing golf on the weekends and barbecuing with the kids, it's not very sinful. But exactly. As, you know, as you make the point. But uh, then there's Ely. You just want to list all the cities in Nevada? <laughs> There are only 11. Sizzix. Uh, so, <laughs> so Nevada, your most sinful, sinful, 
state. So here's what. Oh, oh, come on. What, what, what kind of a boy am I? I was raised in a Christian home. My mom's an ordained minister. The least sinful states. The oh, Bible. Yeah. Look at you focusing on the negative. Yeah, I'm like a fire and brimstone talk show host. <laughs> I ought to be leading the flock, you know, to, to the good life, to the, the narrow path. Number well, one least sinful, Boringland, oh, followed by oh, Blandville. Wow. wow. Okay, Squareston. so it's, bo- it's boring and bland <laughs> to be a good person? Squareston. Is that, is that your message? Can I get an amen? It's not going to be from Sinful Sean, your new nickname. <laughs> it's bland to be a good person? What did I just hear you say? You are a good person. How dare you? Vanillaberg Heights. All right, that's enough. Well, what are the states? I, I, I will not allow myself to be associated with this segment. <laughs> Here are your least sinful states. Idaho, in spite of the name, which implies sex worker status. Uh, Nebraska, a very wholesome state. Sure. Head north. It's not, it's not wholesome enough for you in Nebraska. Head north, young man, to North Dakota. Very wholesome. Skipping over South Dakota. Mm. Interesting. Mm. South Dakota is despicable. It's actually in the top ten. And then, then, lobster apparently gives you moral virtue. Maine, number two, least sinful state. Yeah, we don't like hoes around here. No. (laughs) Beautiful. And then the land of Bernie, (laughs) Vermont. There you go. The most virtuous state. How about that? that Isn't that also the least populated? Am I wrong in that? It's one of your less populated states. I, 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 um, I'm from the Midwest, and I had never been to the Northeast until a couple of years ago. It was the last part of the country I'd never been to. And uh, I thought just like your Maine, your Vermont, uh, were just fantastic. I would love it there. It seemed great. Punishing winners, but I like that. It keeps the riffraff out. I'm right. all for punishing winners. <laughs> it's like a high cover charge. Yeah, yeah. Keeps it classy. They did tell me at, at, uh, when I was in, I think, in Vermont. We got two seasons, winter and waiting for winter. So. Yeah. You got to oh. keep that in mind. That's fine with me. Yeah. Keeps her, like I said, keeps the riffraff. <laughs> You're not one much for sunbathing, anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have not spent quality time in the far northeast of the United States, and I regret it. I, I intend to. I shall. I will. There you go. There you go. Couldn't be more beautiful. My parents, I think it was for their wedding anniversary. I'll get this in and out of my system before I go, though. I don't want to bring down the averages. They did an old people's trip. It was a bus trip where they uh, they all in Arizona got on the bus and went all the way. Uh, up into northeast and everything like that during that during idea. fall season because it has the greatest leaves turning sure. colors anywhere in the world. Right, driving through that part of the country, breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. Stupid conifers, same color all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Conifers suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, breaking news! Breaking entertainment news. <laughs> Producers of Empire say Jussie Smollett's character will be written out of the final episodes of the current season. Bye-bye. How, how did it take him a whole day to figure out that's what they were going to do? Uh, I don't know. but Check with our lawyers or something? Uh, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, it probably ran it through corporate. Uh, if you didn't hear this, Smollett went to the set and he said, listen, sorry for all the craziness and the distraction and all, but... I'm totally innocent. I did not plan this. This was not a hoax. It totally happened the way I said it. Even as, and we need to play this again, Charles Barkley and Shaq O'Neal are just laughing so hard they can't stand it about what a dope he is and how it was obviously phony. You've got you know the, the police chief or a superintendent in Chicago lecturing him savagely and deservedly for wasting, uh, wasting police resources that are bitterly needed and making a joke of racism. 
And using the imagery of a noose to advance his career, it was a righteous verbal beatdown. And then he goes onto the set after all that and looks all of his friends and coworkers in the eye and lies to them again. I got to believe at that moment there was probably a 98% vote. I don't, I don't even want to see that son of a you-know-what again. Well, he's a crazy person. He is yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I hope they just do with some throwaway line. Like, yeah, it's a shame that he fell into that volcano. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just that move on with great. the story. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the tone of the show, but that would be priceless. I do no, like... I want his character to get beaten up by two people. <laughs> you know, yeah, two big, giant Nigerian guys. You know, I, I'm, I'm assuming he was a liked character on the show. You have that character do something horrific. Oh, yeah, he was a key. They called him the moral conscience of the show, his character. His character. Okay, you have him do something. And it turns out he's a pedophile. He's running a child porn ring. <sighs> oh, boy. And he's in jail now. And you do some sort of one-way phone call because you don't have him anymore. And, right. And, uh, yeah, I'd do that. Oh, make, him, made, make him make him an awful character. I was kind of set on the volcano thing. Now I don't know That's which. funnier. <laughs> well, I, my my actual purpose of that is just giving him as little attention as possible because exactly. that's yeah. the only thing he wants. What a weirdo! Right, the opposite of love is not hate; it's indifference, as they say. Just go away. Just say, yeah, no, he's not on the show anymore. Moving along. I wonder how much money he's got because he is unemployable. He was making sixty gur an episode, Jack, but it ain't how much you make; it's how much you spend. Sure. Life. So if he thought, well, the, the gravy trains are rolling. I'm on a big hit show. I'm young. I'm going to be a big deal forever. Talented singer, too. He he is unemployable. Yeah. And should be forever. When are his people going to say, look, straight up, man, you got to come clean. You got to claim mental problems or gambling addiction or something or alcohol or something. If you go with Trump so bad he drove me to this, at least a third of the country would get on board with you. <laughs> Boy, that's weak, but at least it's better than, no, 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 this was no hoax. <laughs> what? Yes, it was. <laughs> wow. Have any of you planning it? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.